0: Now it's time for Tracy Martin from the New Zealand First Party.
1: This morning I had my weekly chat with New Zealand First Minister Tracy Martin. We talked about the date change for the election, as well as the new Lottery COVID-19 Community Wellbeing Fund, which the Minister announced yesterday. You may remember last week that Tracy Martin had lost her voice, so I began by asking her how she was and whether she got tested last week for COVID-19 as she was sick.
0: No, I didn't get tested because um, I didn't have any of the other symptoms. So, you know, there's, there's actually multiple symptoms that you're supposed to have. And, like, as the Prime Minister has said, if, unless you've got, you know, like, unless you've got symptoms, unless you actually go and get recommended to take a test, just testing asymptomatic people consistently, unless it's in a cluster where they're actually looking for, um, you know, community transfer, you put, more, you put more pressure on the testing system. So um, no, I didn't because I didn't have any other symptoms. Yeah, I had a scratchy throat. I had like laryngitis. Teachers get it, you know. Like they they do the ten weeks of the school term, and then as soon as the school holidays hit, they lose their voice, right? Yeah, and that's literally what happened to me. Parliament rose. There you go. Woke up on the Tuesday morning, and it's like a it's like a stress release sort of stuff. Yeah. So that was what it was.
1: But on that note, now you're back again.
0: Yeah, we are. We are back again. Not, not in full numbers, obviously. And I mean, you know, two hours a day for two days a week um, at the moment for the next two weeks. So, but what it does do is it does give the opposition an opportunity to question the government. And that's a really important part about our democracy. So, um, and if we had to have, like there were some orders that went through last night that changed some of the previous health orders. Um, Chris Hipkins put them through as the Minister of Health. So um, those sort of things, it's better to run them through your Parliament um, than it is to just have a, an executive with a delegated authority.
1: Yeah, and, and so now that Parliament is sitting for another couple of weeks, it's it's not the case that we're going to be seeing more legislation being passed or anything. It's more no. just to, to, to respond to the current situation.
0: Definitely, yeah. No, we, we've got no plans to push current legislate, you know, any legislation through. Um, but as we say, question time will be... Um, a biggie. And then I think this afternoon, for example, there'll be question time from two till three, and then there'll be a general debate, which will give the opposition also um, another opportunity to put on the record. And I suppose um, if people watch parliamentary TV, for them to put their case. And that has been one of the criticisms that this close to an election, you know, you've got members of the government, the Prime Minister, the Minister of Health, the Minister of Finance having an opportunity, well, some would say an opportunity for a press conference, but actually they're giving information to the nation, so it's a bit tricky if they didn't do that, Um, but you can counter that by giving the opposition an opportunity to stand up in Parliament and have it broadcast what their views are and what their options would be.
1: Right, yeah. I guess it's a bit difficult because I I don't think that the viewership of parliamentary TV is quite as high as I know those 1pm announcements get quite a few viewers.
0: Well, that is true, but then um, that's a choice people make, I suppose, Mm. and um, it is there, so people can find it and they can watch it. It There's a channel of all of its own.
1: Yeah. And so talking about that, what does New Zealand first think of the decision to have moved the election to the 17th of October? Because I know um, initially you were floating the idea of the 21st of November.
0: Well, there were a couple of dates that had been put forward by the Electoral Commission. So the Electoral Commission obviously had to think about this prior to the government having to think about it. Um, so, and they would have thought about it when the, when the Prime Minister was making the original decision. They would have had to give her several dates for her to choose from. So, um, so they they obviously had those other two in reserve, and there's a, there's a few things that are at play around that from their perspective It has to be not close to public holidays where New Zealanders tended to travel round, so you'd have a mass of special votes. You know, there's all there's all sorts of little bits and pieces that they make their recommendations of, and then add into that COVID, and you've got a whole another conversation. New Zealand first, look um, from our perspective, it had to be postponed. Um, because everything has to change, so the way that this election will be run, or then election campaign will be run, has to be different under Level 2 and especially under Level 3 than it did under Level 1, so everything has to change. There also has to be um, a greater opportunity for the New Zealand public to be able to hear from one way or another, whether that be in writing or radio or television or whatever, from what are their options as political parties. Um, So it had to be delayed because COVID required us to suspend campaigning, all of us. All of those of us in Parliament suspended campaigning for the period of time while we were making sure that we had got what we needed to get into place to try and keep New Zealand as safe as possible.
1: And how do you feel about the the 17th of October? Do you think that gives you enough time to, to adequately get your campaigns back up again?
0: Sure. I mean, you know, from my perspective, um, it's, it's far enough out that it gives us an opportunity to change direction. It is close enough that the country needs to have an election so they know who is going to be in government and dealing with what is the future of COVID. So for me, this is just me personally now, um, I think the 17th of October date is a good date. Um, the country needs certainty as to who is going to be in government, what are their plans and intentions around how we're going to manage COVID, which is going to be with us for you know a little while yet. Um, and then we put that government in place and we get on with it as a country. So that for me, I'm really pleased about that.
1: And I know in this discussion, there was a bit of misinformation that came out um, last week from the National Party talking about how the government didn't have the power to do what they're doing to extend the day of the election without yeah. the support of parliament what what happened there
0: Oh, I don't really know. And to be frank, I'm, I'm quite surprised by some of the stuff that's coming out from um, from Judith and Jerry, Uh Because, you know, I, I rate them. I've worked with Judith Collins on select committees and so on. I've, um, a- as a minister, Judith has had issues that have come into her electorate office um, around children with learning support needs or special needs, and I've made sure that I've done whatever I can or my office has assisted her to be able to help those um, constituents. So, So I'm surprised at some of what we're hearing. Um, The reality is we are not a caretaker government. A caretaker government is the government from the day after the election until the next government is sworn in. So I really don't know what that was about. Um, And I I know Judith is an intelligent woman, so I'm not sure what that was about because I don't believe she misunderstands when a caretaker, a caretaker government is in place. So I'm not quite sure what that was about.
1: But on that note, then I guess what kind of checks are in place to make sure that you know the incumbent government doesn't just postpone the election day, you know, indefinitely?
0: Well, they can't. So there is inside of legislation. Um, the last day, I believe, that an incumbent, you know, and and it's the prime minister. So it's the current prime minister gets to call the election date, not the current government, the current prime minister. Mm. Um, And there is a date, and my understanding is it's the 28th of November, is the last date that the current Prime Minister can postpone an election. Now, now I'm actually moving into space of what I believe to be true, but remember I'm not a constitutional lawyer, so I very well could be slightly wrong. But if you wanted to move that date any further, like Judith suggested, into next year sometime, My understanding is you would require what is called a supermajority in Parliament. So 75% of the Parliament would have to agree to a different date than what is currently in the legislation. Um, So that's my understanding. So you can't just do it on a, you know, I've got 51% of the vote so I can do it. You have to have a supermajority. That's my understanding.
1: Right, and so I guess we just hope that it doesn't have to come to that at this point and that October 17th goes ahead
0: Yeah, well the Prime Minister has said, I I saw the press conference, the Prime Minister has said she will not change the date. So what that means is, and that's a good thing, so what that means is the Electoral Commission has got to, I know that they had planned the whole of the election for the whole of the country to be in level two, now they have to make sure that they have um, plans in place if a third of our pop, or a quarter of our population, or whatever, is in level three, and the rest of us are in level two. They need to ensure that they have the plans in place to have a free um, and honest election. That's their job. So, um, so I, I can only imagine that's exactly what they're doing. And there will be Minister Little is the um, minister that they communicate with. So, they will be um, giving the government. Um, assurances that they can manage that process.
1: So then to move on to our next topic, you announced yesterday this new lottery COVID-19 community wellbeing fund. What's the purpose of that?
0: Well, so what we realised during the COVID lockdown is that a whole lot of our community groups were no longer able to run fundraising events like they used to. So um, while we're still able to, because I also announced yesterday that we're still going to be putting $178 million into the local distribution committee, so the local lotteries committees are still going to have the same amount of money this financial year that they did in the last financial year. Um, and we also um, will continue to put in 117.6 million into Sport New Zealand, Creative New Zealand, the New Zealand Film Commission, and Nātonga Sound and Vision. Right, so that's the same amount of money that they had the last financial year. So that's a good thing. We're just maintaining those those levels of funding. But the new 40 million dollar fund is because those community groups that used to fundraise are not going to. They were not able to do that. Um, and that means that some of them, for example, have lost you know, a third of their revenue for the year. We know that we needed to put something aside so that they can apply, so that they can keep doing, their, doing the work that they had done before. The other thing is that some of our community groups have got more pressure on them than they had prior to COVID hitting. Um, more people need their services. So um, that's the other thing that that $40 million fund is for.
1: And so this lottery fund, where would that money have gone otherwise? Would it still be out in the community, or how is this different?
0: Well, um, so the reason we're able to do this is because lottery, or lotto, did not drop off. So during the lockdown period, a huge number of New Zealanders, instead of buying their tickets, because they couldn't buy their tickets from their local supermarket or dairy or whatever, they opened online accounts. Um, So lottery spend actually remained pretty much at what it was the previous year. Um, this money would have, the $40 million would have been the other options we were given as a lotteries board was to spread it across all of New Zealand through the local community committees, through the distribution committees. If we had done that though, the difference is that a nationwide organisation um, who are delivering services like let's say um, let's say Citizens Advice Bureau, right? They have offices nationwide. Each one of their little offices would have had to go to their local com- uh, local lotteries committees and apply in that way, saying that our services are actually increased because people have lost their jobs and they're actually coming to us for support, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this way, the overarching branch of Citizens Advice Bureau, and this is just an example. I'm not saying that Citizens Advice should now apply because I'm not the person making the decision if they meet the criteria, but an overarching national body can apply to the $40 million fund as opposed to each one of their little branches having to apply to their local distribution committee. That was Tracy Martin from the New Zealand First Party. The Wire.